Hawkins in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Oh, it is a Tuesday afternoon. Jay Sandos alongside my tag team partner, Mike Gallagher. It is Sandos. It is the sidekick. And we'll be talking all things ETSU. Wednesday is a perfect show because it's Mystery Guest Wednesday, correct? Pumped about it. You have one? Extensive, full, all-encompassing conversation with someone that is at the head of a very, very large organization. And that's all I'll say for now. So Matt Wilgham. It's not no. Don, it's okay. not Donald Trump. Okay. But it is another president. Okay. We, we'll say, I mean, it is another president of a country. Or are you going to give me that? I'm not going to give not you gonna that. Give me that. Okay. All right. So Mr. Guest Wednesday, we will have that. Uh, should have Landon Owen in the second hour. If we don't have him for Lando's Lamb, people have been sending questions in. I've been collecting. We will mail have a bag. Mailbag. Oh, that's segment. a great bumper for it. Love mailbag. We haven't been able to do it yet, and people can send questions in. So when we have a guest that just can't make it or forget that they're going to Dollywood with the family, like Landon did today, that uh, did he forget about the family and going, or did he forget about the show? I forgot about the show. I think the family's going. He actually. Well, no, uh, I know the family's going, but I'm saying, did he just forget that the family was making the trip and he put? Sandos and the sidekick above in priority and said, oh, of course I'll call him because Sandos and the sidekick. That's what I'm hoping. Now, well, he, don't he forget about your family because that's not good. But They were going to go on vacation to the coast, and things have obviously been thrown for a loop, so I think they've had to restructure vacation. So originally where he was going to be at the beach was going to be able to just, you know, from you the know, best place the to sand, do it. Exactly, interview. just yeah. to call, do it while his feet are in the sand. That's been changed. So I think the, the, the trip to the theme park has sort of changed and – uh, gone um, a last-second fill-in for what they were originally going that to do. That he's still so. trying to make it work is oh, says a lot about. He obviously that. knows he's that dedicated. we can certainly take away a segment. And, you know, he can't pump whatever it is. Wow, if we're in the business of there. making threats, all right. I mean, let's, just, <laughs> let's make it happen. Let's have this snowball. So that's our Wednesday. Tomorrow, though, we'll talk to Clay Hendricks. Uh, actually, Mike got a chance to talk to Clay Hendricks, the head coach of the Furman Paladins. Uh, we'll also have four downs, and we'll start to really to turn things around for the Saturday game going up uh, in William B. Green Jr. Stadium, ETSU versus Furman. I have two things. Firstly, Clay Hendricks, that conversation, I, I, he's always one of the more forthright coaches that's in the conference, and so talking to him is always very insightful, informative. Um, he doesn't hold anything back, even though obviously we're on the other side of things, right? It, some coaches, I think, assume that we're going to go and run to Randy Sanders' office right after we're done talking to him and be like, this is what he said. Oh, they're going to see both quarterbacks, and they're going to do this in the game plan, and they're worried about this for you. You know, I, I think that he has more of a level head about it and knows we're trying to do our jobs and get fans in touch with what to expect um, over this next uh, few days and going into Saturday. So Clay Hendricks, that's always a good conversation. Had about eight minutes with him, so that'll be, I think, uh, segment number two tomorrow before Crazy Coach or segment three. Uh, those two in the middle will be guests. Also, I'm – going to point out a little something about the intro. It says I have the perfect amount of scruff. Now, I am getting, and since this is Facebook Live, I think it's a good day to be on Facebook Live and talk about this. This will be terrible for people that are uh, podcasting the show, but you can go back and watch Facebook Live on the ETSU Buccaneer Athletics Facebook page. Uh, This is too much scruff, apparently. So say some people. They say it needs to be trimmed down at the least or, or go completely away from my face. And that would ruin the bumper, firstly. And secondly, I think I'd look like I'm about 12 years old. As a guy that's had facial hair for well over a decade Have now, you trimmed it ever it. anywhere aside from how it is trimmed now? Uh, ever. Eh, I mean, for a while there, occasionally I would do the goatee with the long sideburns. And then I didn't really. The other thing is I accidentally, while trimming my beard, I think it was over the summer, I accidentally took the guard off to clean it and forgot to put the guard back on, made the first swoop 
of the right side of my face, happened to look down and went, boy, that's a lot of hair. And then looked up in the mirror and I had a big chunk gone. So, oh. so I, I didn't completely shave it off, but I did as far as the, the no guard look would go. So that was about as close to And that's actually probably the last three times I've had it uh, almost completely shaven off is because I've cleaned the guard, forgot to put it back on, and then literally it was all gone. I thought you were going to say that you accidentally put some like dye in your eyebrow to make it brown again because it doesn't look so gray anymore. What has happened? Is, 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 is coloring going on? I'm, I'm concerned about this because it was gray, and now it's like kind of faded into like a lighter brown, and it's, it, uh, there's something weird happening. Have you seen a doctor? I have, actually. You uh, have? Yeah, but it was just my primary care doctor, and she had made a comment about sometimes uh, the reason it, the wrong uh, vitamins, minerals, things can actually turn. Instead of if it's all turning white, it's because you're just well, all right, turning white. Sure. But if something uh, turns, there's an imbalance, right? Somewhere. So you can. So I'm on uh, some vitamins and stuff to ju- not because honestly I could care less, but my wife is very upset about the picture taking, <laughs> and she the white eyebrow pictures. is sticking out. Yes, she uh, loves she the is very concerned that I've ruined the family photos. My favorite comment was from my mother-in-law when she told me that part of my face was dying. Wow. And so, I, and I kind of looked at her funny. She said, "Well, I don't mean it it's like that." And I'm like, "How, how else can you?" Yeah, mean I don't it? Yeah. really know how else you take that. We digress from Jay's eyebrow to uh, what's going on this week in ETSU athletics. It is Wednesday, Tump Day, so we're, we'll fully turn our attention to Furman. We did talk to Dan Scott yesterday. I thought he was kind of open and honest about what to expect from his team, and, yeah. and he honestly didn't know a lot to expect, but he thought they would uh, run the football a lot. Clay Hendricks will will hear his comments tomorrow. My guess is, you know, that whenever you're running a three-back uh, um, offense, I mean, obviously running the football is the thing. The one thing as an Air Force disciple, there's a lot of running the same offense from different sets. There's a lot of shotguns. Sometimes they'll be in an I formation, still run – uh, the, the triple option, you know, the fullback for the dive, quarterback, pitch, all that fun stuff. But they kind of run the same 12 plays out of about 32 different formations. Well, I'm going to challenge people a little bit here, and even the takes that have come from you and others about this offense. And Clay Hendricks addressed it in our conversation that will air tomorrow directly and actually got kind of upset. Uh, it was towards the tail end of the conversation, and he basically said that we get labeled as a triple option offense, but you look back at the tape, we didn't run one play last year that was veer triple option. And because he comes from the academy and because, you know, you see option once in a while that people want to label you as that team when, in fact, they threw for, you know, right about 200 yards last year. So it's by no means – I don't want people to think that it's one of those, much like an academy-style offense where it's just constant running the football, constant veer triple option. That's not it. You know, there's some misconceptions about the offense that Clay Hendricks got to. And so that does make things – a bit more complicated for ETSU's defense. Not that the option isn't complicated in itself, but to have to address that and then also think about everything else that they do because that's just one facet will make things very interesting for this defense on Saturday. I mean, they've thrown for 134 yards in two games, right? Correct. And they've, he, and he said 26 Well, times. but he said that's more to the point of the strengths of their players right now. They have two freshman quarterbacks. Oh, sure. They're, he said that the strengths are the running more backs. Well, the here's receiver. the other thing. Air Force throws the ball. Whenever you talk about academies, everyone goes to Army-Navy because I think that's – if there's any game that people pay attention to in the academies, it's Army-Navy, number one, because they've moved it to a, a day where there's like three games, you know, and they're the only game on national TV at that time slot. So they don't compete against anything else, which I think is great. Being an Army guy, wanting to watch that game. You have it but on the big screen. I do. I actually four I, little TVs I, around I, it. I, it's exactly right. Last Saturday, prime example. People that came to my house were very upset that <laughs> the noon game they were watching was Hawaii and Army, but that's what we watched. So um, if you don't watch Army Navy a lot and you don't watch Air Force at all because they play in a Mountain West, so a lot of their game times, even if it is on TV is later, and so people aren't staying up for that or they're just not concerned about that because they want to watch the 8 o'clock or, or 7.30 game that's on ESPN, ABC, Fox, CBS, whichever it is. So Air Force does chunk it around a lot, and, and they do it. The other thing is is I think like zone read is always, well, the quarterback should have kept it there. Well, a lot of times they're predetermined stuff, right? Even with option football, they may just say, hey, we're just going to run the fullback dive here. Or, hey, we're going to give this fake here and run a play out here or a counter play coming back. So I think the misconception is that all three-back football is 100% option football as opposed to sometimes it's a predetermined, they're setting things up, they want to go play action off of it. I, I think that's the, the the number one thing. It's one of my favorite Butch Jones 
comments for Tennessee was he was like, look, just because the quarterback hands off to the running back out of the shotgun doesn't mean every single play is a read option play. There are times where we want to just give it to the running back, and it's blocked so the running back gets it. If it's a read option, they're unblocking somebody on purpose. And so, you know, you're supposed to, if you're the layman or the media like us, you're supposed to pay attention to what exactly the line's doing all that. But during a game, let's be honest, we're not. You know, who's getting the ball? Where are they moving? I mean, even so, like, that's why we have Matt Wilgem in the booth so that the former quarterback can look at other things to tell us Mark Hutzel last week so they can kind of tell us what's going on, what what are they doing. So um, that that's sort of – uh, a breakdown of all that. Now, Clay Hendricks will probably go into a bit more, and he's right. You know, they had a senior in P.J. Blazjowski who was a all-conference performer. He was a traditional thrower to begin with and was in an offense where they chunked it around and then had to run a little bit more of what they wanted to run last year. Well, and their offense was the best in the league last year. I mean, led the conference in scoring, and they were right around 200 yards for passing per game and about 225 in running per game. So they were very, very balanced. I think after talking to Clay Hendricks, that's something that I'm going to watch for being more of an issue this week for ETSU's defense is the fact that it won't be 11 pass attempts per game. Now, you go against Clemson and an Elon team that just really took it to Furman, which was, I thought, very surprising considering the result last year um, but when you throw in two freshman quarterbacks you're going to have some some issues you know with a learning curve and with taking on that much responsibility that the game moves fast especially when you have so much to learn on offense when it's not just triple option reads and, and things like that so um, with everything they were able to do last year I think that they're going to try and return to some of that will they have success I'm not sure do they have the personnel I'm not sure about that right now but uh, obviously they have many different people carry the ball I think I saw that um, there's 10 different people that have carried the ball of the 54 attempts that they have uh, and, and I think that with the extra time to prepare for the game this week and, and keep in mind they only found out about the game being canceled on like Wednesday afternoon so it's about 36 hours that uh, well if we give it say two full days I suppose um, more that they had to prepare than ETSU but I think they're going to try and reintroduce a lot more of that balance that we saw last year. Well I think the the one thing when you got an all-conference runner and, and Keelan Dirks, uh, Darius Moorhead, I mean, Dirks had 100 yards last year, two touchdowns. Moorhead had 96 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Also caught a few passes out of the backfield. So certainly they wreaked havoc against ETSU a year ago. But having with Blaze Jowski being able to push the ball down the field, that changes things offensively. Just like a running game this year for ETSU that we've seen has helped the quarterbacks out be able to push the ball down the field. I'm assuming ETSU had great success offensively a year ago, a school record for Austin Herrick passing the football against Furman over 430 yards. I think it was 434 to be exact, two 100-yard receivers. So ETSU, as opposed to the previous year in 2016 where they just didn't get anything going offensively and really got ran out of the Kermit Tipton Stadium in the first quarter, it was 35 nothing at that point. So I, it'll be interesting to see. Now, I, I'm going to – say this next comment maybe because i got a, a, a comment in our feed here wanting to know how we think the bucks are going to do this year and i think it comes down to this three-week segment you've got Furman at home you've got a much improved chattanooga which i argued that chattanooga last year was sort of an outlier considering everything that they had they're off to a three and oh start surprising and, coming and from you got gardner i'm kind of disappointed about that i guess i'm preparing for when gene henley uh chattanooga <laughs> you're buttering them up already yeah, yeah. Okay. unbelievable so i think these three weeks will tell you ETSU goes three and zero. They go two and one. They're sitting either five and one or four and two. They're in a legitimate spot. Um, they're going to have to win a road game or two, but they're in a legitimate spot to talk about the playoffs. If this goes one and two, zero oh and three, does not go their way, it certainly does not um, bode well uh, for them in their playoffs. And again, you know, just like Furman's trying to adjust, and they had the luxury of a quarterback to help make up things to learn a new offense. Now they're kind of starting from scratch. It's certainly a situation. Logan Marsh, he's been there three games. He's learning the system. Austin Herrick's in the same boat. He's learning the new system, so it doesn't matter what signal caller you go. Uh, but what we do know is ETSU's defense was uncharacteristic last year because they had zero negative plays against Furman. I think that should change, especially with the front seven, right, and the way that they've been playing. I think uh, Jason Madua-Fakwa on the one side, you got Nasir player. I do like, and, and uh, actually I guess it's uh, uh, someone related to Chris Boyer asked a question, Dwayne asked, and uh, Chris Boyer, the one thing I like about him, he's adjusted to two positions. He's always been the starting defensive end. Now they figured out a way to get him a different look because 
they put him at nose guard. So he can play defensive end. He can play nose guard, depending on the situation. If they decide to go a four-man front, which they have on goal line a couple times, they're able to keep Boyer and Farrell as sort of the, the, the nose guard tackle, if you will, and then Madua Fakwa and Nasir Player at the end. So I think Chris Boyer's versatility. Oh, and the versatility of Chris Boyer. Uh, has certainly helped out the team. So all that being said, I think this three weeks will be very important for ETSU. But it starts with Furman. Furman has uh, absolutely dominated ETSU in the first two uh, games they've met. And maybe dominate strong in the second one. They did win by 21 points. And some of that helped out by the weird onside kick return for a touchdown. Yeah, but that was uh, – I, I just – you know, I've heard never, about it. Yeah, I've, never I've never seen, seen it, seen it in until person, then. Yeah. So – but, but uh, you know, when you go 52-7, you're able to at least go 56-35 on the road and be able to put up offensive numbers with a defense at home, be able to stop Furman that's been struggling offensively. We'll save our bold predictions for Friday, but I'm going to tease it a little bit. I think that the way that the offense is playing and the personnel they have for Furman – along with how ETSU's defense has been so stout. Going to be a good combination for the Bucs. All right, Landon Owen, Lando's Lands, waiting on deck. We'll talk to him. Mystery Guest Wednesday will be after that. We'll step aside for a timeout. Don't forget, you can try to watch us uh, every day, and we will do so except for Mondays. We'll have a hard time streaming on Facebook Live. But SoundCloud and iTunes, you can download us every single day. It's Santos and the Sidekick. Landon Owen on the other side of this timeout on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little did I just win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh, well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services. We can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I I just can't reach out and grab it. (laughs) Does that sound crazy? Um, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Landon Owen. Let's go, let's go. We got the teamwork to make the dream work. Let's go, 
agree with the bumper, but that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay, I guess. Whatever he needs to do. Lando's land every Wednesday. Landon Owen joining us, uh, although he's not in the office today. A little bit of a Shocking. theme park excursion, if you will. But Landon, let's talk about yeah. uh, something near and dear to your heart, which isn't in our hearts, but uh, your hometown, Syracuse Orange, with a big win over Florida State. Wasn't that nice to see? I, I don't know if it was from your guys' perspective, but it was really good from mine, and uh, it was just a joy to watch. The first half was a little little painful, but it's nice to be recognized again and back among the also receiving votes in the polls. I hope you understand that that is about Florida State being bad and not your team being good, and I hope you hope you get that. Don't take my moment. I have waited <laughs> oh, yeah. a long time for this. You have had about even after uh, we beat Clemson last year, we couldn't win another game. So I think I think the worries of the past are behind us. I see good things in our future. The, Let's go, Orange. The worries of the past. Didn't Greg Paulus play quarterback for you not so long ago? He had a pretty good year. Uh, yeah, he was back in the Doug Marone era. Um, but Doug Marone, he can coach up a quarterback. I can tell you that. Uh, he gets to the end of the AFC, AFC Championship game with. Whatever guy they got down there in Jacksonville, that was a miracle. So, and they smoked uh, something. Who they play last week, Jay? I, I don't know. Uh, but it's fine. It's it's it, everybody can win in September all they want to. Can you win in January? Okay. That's the question. Can you get to I January first? And Syracuse is not getting to January. Now, now I would like to say this, Landon. I did petition uh, the NFL that they <laughs> should have checked with Tom on the starting temperature because it's clearly too hot to play football. You know that's 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 tough. I feel for Tom, but I think he'll he'll get over it. Uh, it's a long season, and Tom is built for the home stretch. So you can just settle in and and wait for the wait for the magic of the playoffs and terrific time. Lots of games this week. What are you looking at? You know, there's a big one out west. Uh, Stanford at Oregon. Stanford actually home or a road favorite going into Oregon. That's a place I've always wanted to go to. Um, you know, there's Michigan, Nebraska, and the battle of futility. Um, I saw a, a nice thing. I wish they were playing this week. Rutgers and Connecticut. Uh, loser gets relegated to SBS. That would have been a good one. Um, <laughs> but, again, not on the schedule. Rutgers, tough week going to Kansas and getting boat race, losing by about 100. Um, what does that say about your program, guys, if you go to Kansas and lose by, I don't know, 45 points? I don't know that Kansas can even win the inter-squad game by 45. Wow. Let alone what they did to Rutgers. That that would be, as far as scores go, that not that Kansas won, but just by that total might have been the most shocking just final score of the week. That's there's some hard times in Piscataway going on right now. We hope they can turn the ship, but um, you know, last last week we did the Homer pick and went to uh Syracuse cuz we thought they had a good chance to beat a marquee opponent. Well, we're going to do the same thing with uh, with Marshall this week. We're going to go up the Route 23 to Huntington. May not be a popular pick in this region, but um, you know we're going to go up there. They got NC State at home this week. NC State did not play last week. Neither did Marshall, unfortunately. Uh, both had games canceled against uh, pretty good opponents. And NC State was going to play West Virginia, and what uh, Marshall was going to play at South Carolina. So. A little bit of a sneaky game for NC State here. Trap game, by far the best team they've played on their schedule so far. A lot of people are high on them still. Uh, good quarterback, uh, Finley. He throws for a lot of yards, averaging, I saw, almost 340 yards a game. That's that's getting it done. So it's going to take a lot, but they're going to strike the stadium up there at the Joan. So we're going to Marshall, and we're going to watch them get the victory. Upset special, Marshall over NC State. That's this week's pick. I have two two questions. One, uh, Robert Harper, my sideline reporter, has given me the – he has to go home to, to help his mother out, which sounds like a, uh, something he needs to do. But is that because Marshall, him being a Marshall grad, they're playing NC State? And the second part of that question, did NC State try to play West Virginia and Marshall so that if they won both those games, they could petition to move out of the state of North Carolina since they're clearly irrelevant in the state of North Carolina? Wow. They were they were trying to become West Virginia State champs. Uh, likewise, West Virginia was trying to become North Carolina State champs by playing uh, NC State and NC State. Then uh, they opened the season against uh, in Charlotte against Tennessee and were victorious. 
And uh, I believe it might even have East Carolina somewhere in there, too. So, um, yeah, interesting scheduling uh, there between the two. But uh, I cannot speak for Harper, but I'm going to say that's a that's a possible violation of ethics um, on his part. Yeah, it's rough. It's fine. Uh, question for you, yeah. like always, where are you going to play golf, bro? So there's a little place on the way up. Works out really well. There's two places, actually, if you want to take the day off on Friday, drive up there. It is a late game as well on Saturday. Uh, two places. One is in uh, Prestonsburg, Kentucky. It's called Stonecrest, built on top of an old strip mine. Have not played that. Always high on the bucket list. Next time up, probably hitting that one. But there's a great one about an hour south of Huntington. Uh, same thing, Route 23, uh, called Eagle Ridge, part of the Kentucky State uh, State Park System. Great, great views. Uh, you, they've got one par four that you can drive, but it's about a 250-foot drop from Peter Green. Uh, it is just a fantastically fun place to play. That's where we're going, Eagle Ridge, Yatesville Lake State Park, uh, on the way up to Huntington. That's awesome. What do you want me to ask you? Where are you going to eat? Oh, okay. I see. Where we're going to eat? Well, you know, I got married in Huntington. I went to Marshall. My wife and I met at the Union Pub and Grill. So just for old time's sake. Go see Herb. Uh, great sports bar here in town. That's the place you want to go. Union Pub and Grill, right on there on Main Street on 4th Avenue. Uh, it's, it is the place to go after a game, before a game, whatever you need. And they'll have every game imaginable on. So if you're not a Marshall fan and you just happen to be in town, that's the place to go. Union Pub and Grill, and tell Herb that Landon and Jen sent you. If Marshall and Michigan played in football tomorrow, who wins? Oh, goodness. Uh, I'd have to say Michigan. Oh, what be- kind of fan are you? Just, just because. Well, I'm a, I'm a realist. Uh, hey, if, if Minnesota and, and Michigan played right now, who wins? Row the boat, baby. Row, <laughs> row the boat. boat. The flex, by PJ brick. Fleck, getting it done. Sky Yuma. Yeah. PJ Fleck, former assistant at Rutgers, got out of there just in time. Uh, of course, so, you would find a way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Qu- quick question yep. for you. For, but for yeah. Yes, sir. Just uh, ETSU Furman, your thoughts. Bucks have three straight home games. It's Furman, Chattanooga, Gardner-Webb. They're 2-1, and one, got a chance to maybe rattle off three in a row. But your thoughts against uh, the Furman Paladins? Like you said, uh, right before the break, good measuring stick game. See what your progress is like. Um, yeah, Furman's kind of had their way with them. And it's a good opportunity to see where you are. Made good progress last year, much like Kennesaw State last year. We got blown out year one knock out a victory year two. So do you see something like that happening again? It's possible. Um, why not? Let's go, let's go Bucks. And I will be in attendance at this week's game. So we can get a little double dip, double picks this week, Bucks in the upset, getting it done. No score provided, uh, no, no bulletin board fodder for, for Furman. But uh, we're, we're getting it done, probably a close one late field goal, we'll say. Furman does listen to this show, so I'm glad that you didn't do that and made him mad. Yeah, well, no, the other yeah. thing is uh, uh, Bucks are home dogs in that in case people haven't seen. So uh, ETSU, at least the Vegas wise guys believe in it firm and having the advantage. Landon, appreciate it. I know you're kind of battling, uh, trying to have some family time. We won't take up uh, any more of your time today, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Landon. No, no, please. No, no, please. Keep me on a little bit longer. <laughs> Hollywood is fun. <laughs> it is. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Have a good All week. All right. See you. That's uh, Landon Owen, Lando's Land. When we come back, it's Mystery Guest Wednesday on Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed and get the daily updates when the show is posted. And we try to go Facebook Live uh, as many days as we can so you can stare at Mike's lovely face, not mine. Sandos and Sidekick will continue Mystery Guest Wednesday after this time out on the Buccaneers Force Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. 
The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Trump. Trudeau. Trick Daddy. Tram, the insult comic dog. Who's next? I don't know what's going to happen. Secrets. Sandos and the sidekick. <laughs> it's the strangest. Uh... I mean, do you think if people <laughs> you've pre-recorded this, but do you think if people heard that that they would still agree to come on? That's what I want to know. I think it would be even more of a. That's a benefit to coming on. That's an incentive to coming on. Now, we're not getting Donald Trump this week, but we have a president, as I said off the top of the show. And you wouldn't tell me if it's a country or not. I wouldn't tell you if it was a country or not. This will kind of give it away, but what do you think the most attended organizational sport is? So talk about pro sports, college sports. What organization has the highest attendance? And this is number two on that list. This man that is the president of this organization. His uh, organization is number two in attendance in America. Well, if you're talking, well, I would. My first guess would be NCAA because you're, it's all encompassing of Division One, and I would argue then your attendance figures. Uh, no, well, keep in mind we're talking sports. We're not talking. Okay, so individual sports within. So NCAA football versus uh, NCAA basketball okay. those are separate. I'm thinking all. Okay, yep. did not. So but that, that would be by a narrow margin. Yes. Over. Okay. Uh, what is number one? And then number two on the actual list that I have is it? Uh, real quick question, and I'll let you go. Is it? Does it include? Not just the pro team, so like hockey, baseball, minor leagues, basketball, G League. Is it? Did, You're can, on the right track. So my guess is then by the pure number of yeah. teams, uh, it's going to be gonna baseball. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Minor league baseball president Pat O'Connor. 
In his 11th year as minor league baseball president, Pat O'Connor joins us now. Mr. President, thanks for taking the time. Mike, it's a pleasure. It's always good to be with you. Well, give us a look at this season, if you can, that's just wrapping up. Short season ball just concluding, and when we're taping this, full season not far behind it. Have you and your staff in the minor league baseball office gotten everything you hoped for out of this 2018 season, and what have been some of the high points you'd like to touch on? Well, Mike, you know, you go into a season with, with great aspirations and great hopes, and you know, there are, there are two or three things that determine how an individual club might perform and then, you know, co- you know, collectively how we'll perform in this association. And I think the, probably the greatest number one influence on baseball is weather. And, and we experienced one of the worst weather seasons that we've had. Um, I can only think back in the 25 years I've been in the central office of one or two that were equal or worse. Uh, Terrible rain and cold in April up through about mid-May. Excessive heat in July and August. Uh, In spite of all that, in spite of the fact that we were 500,000 fans behind year year over year coming out of April, uh, despite the fact we lost more games in April than we have in 15 years, um, and and despite the fact that in many cases clubs were facing weather-impacted games in over half of their schedule, we still reached 40 million fans for the 14th consecutive year. Um, we did a, a little bit of a dive on the numbers, Mike, attendance-wise. You know, attendance can be a little misleading because of season tickets and no-shows and, and all of that. So, so we went through, and, and um, we we're going to do more analytical work. But, you know, I called 15 or 20 uh, of our senior operators in markets of varying sizes and and I asked them two questions. I said, how much did the weather impact your season? Uh, if you had to say, you know, you were up or down or didn't reach your goals, what percentage of, of that failure would you assign to weather? And it ranged from 75 to 95%. Hmm. The second question I asked them is, did you, did, you know, is there any sense that we have a product problem? Is there any apathy in the fan base? And resoundingly, no, not at all. We're in very good shape with our product. We just can't play in cold, wet, excessive heat. Uh, we had wildfires in the West. I mean, it was just one of those years. So um, we got out what we wanted and that we played the vast majority of our 10,000 scheduled games. Uh, we got out of what we wanted and that we entertained 40 million fans again this year. Um, and, and what we got out of it is, is a, a knowledge base and an information base that will help us deal with future uh, challenges. And look, it's an everyday challenge. So, you know, we're comfortable uh, with our season. It wasn't a great season. It was maybe a good season after we look at it. And, you know, at the end of the day, Mike, in many respects, what we have to do is count it all up at the end of the year, see what the attendance was, see how the, the cash flow was, see how the money was. Are these clubs healthy enough to you know, keep going. I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Uh, we are a strong product with a, a, a great set of operators. Our network is strong. Our facilities are great. Um, and we just have to cope with Mother Nature. And this may be a stupid question on that topic, but is there anything you can do from an organizational standpoint to try and maneuver around those difficulties that Mother Nature does present? No, I think you have to be smart. You know, one of the things we can never lose sight of is that that we're putting young men on the field who have, in many cases, uh, you know, significant play ahead and and substantial careers. Player safety is is of utmost concern when you look at weather-impeded games. Uh, Second only to that and not very far off behind that are our fans. Uh, So when you talk about rain, when you talk about lightning, uh, when, you, when you talk about weather, um, you know, f- safety is number one. Um, there is not enough money in the world. There's not enough attendance at a gate uh, to justify or make up for uh, hurting a fan, hurting a player, uh, circumventing someone's life in some way. Uh, so you have to be very cautious. So it's very difficult. I think what we have done, Mike, which is, is to your point, um, is we've gotten much better at our turf management. We've gotten much better in preparing these fields to deal with inclement conditions. We've gotten much better with our radar detection and our ability to uh, forecast and predict. 
and and keep people out of harm's way um, through lightning detectors, through uh, technology with weather apps. Um, we've gotten better with um, you know emergency or or catastrophic uh, uh, evacuation plans, uh, things that okay if this happens we have uh, a response. Uh, that we know, that we've rehearsed, that we're going to execute. We've had an opportunity to share with our fans from time to time. So I think those are the things that we can do. Um, if you can figure out how we control Mother <laughs> Nature and, and do the right things, uh, I'm all ears. But I, I think that we have gotten better at what we do. But that just to the point, Mike, of how bad this summer was, this spring and summer. Uh, I, I've been... Uh, in this office for 25 years, I've been in the game 37. There have been some that were, were close uh, or maybe even a little worse. Uh, you know, anecdotally, you run around, you talk to guys who've been around a while. I talked to uh, Tom Dixon in Lansing, Michigan. He says he remembers a season where his first seven home games were snowed out. Wow. Um, so it happens. Uh, and, and one of the things uh, that we have to be sensitive to um, is in trying to provide more off days for players at the full season level means that you conceivably either play earlier into April or March, or you play later into August or September. Neither one of those are great for the business model. So it's a juggling act in a, a, a kind of a, a, a process to determine what's going to be better. As we've seen, Major League Baseball has, in order to give more off days at the big league level, uh, has started earlier, and they faced uh, serious hurdles because they encountered the same bad weather that we did, and in many cases, two weeks earlier, in, in late March. Um, but I, I think that scheduling, I think the use of technology, uh, the advancements in sports turf, the, advan the advancements in uh, staffing grounds crews to cover fields when it does start to rain, the technology of the field construction, where we're putting in better drain systems, uh, keeping them clean, keeping them uh, percolating and, and perking water uh, effectively uh, are all uh, positive steps. Uh, but at the end of the day, Mother Nature's going to win. If, she, if she's going to dump, you know, and I mean, I, I uh, to go to an extreme, I was on TV as many people were last night, keeping a, an eye on uh, Hurricane Florence, and uh, some places may get as much as 40 inches of rain. I mean, you know, look, there's nothing you can do with that. And if you're in a baseball stadium and you get four inches of rain the night before and day of, you're going to have a problem. So, um, but, but to your point, you know, we have made great strides. This year we just encountered a, a mighty foe. Major League Baseball, 73 million attended in 2017. Minor League Baseball, 42 million. NCAA football, 42 million. NCAA basketball, 32. NBA, 23. NHL, 23. NFL, 17. And MLS, 8 million. The president of the second most attended organization in terms of single sports, Pat O'Connor. More with him when we're back. And Santos and the sidekick. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. 
Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. Trump. Trudeau. Trick Daddy. Tramp, the insult comic dog. Who's next? I don't know what's going to happen. Sandos and the Sidekick. Secrets. Oh, 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 oh. Back with Mystery Guest, and it's part two of our conversation with minor league baseball president Pat O'Connor. In this area, the Appalachian League is very prevalent. Elizabeth in their second consecutive high rookie crown. We say goodbye to Lee Landers as president of the league after an extraordinary career spanning 60 years. The uh, Appy League has made headlines in the past, uh, Mr. President, rumors of possible elimination with the health of the league slipping. But since those rumors, how would you assess the rebound the league has had? It seems like it's healthier than ever. Historic. It's historic. I mean, look, you look at – physical plant improvements, you look at attendance, you know, we have seen uh, some initial uh, attendance numbers from 2018, and um, there were only two leagues that had an increase in their attendance, Um, and and one of them was the Appalachian League. Uh, So I I think from that perspective, you know, you're looking at um, a a league that uh, is, is... stronger now than it probably was i know than it was when lee lander stepped into those shoes um and each year it has gotten better uh i think that the 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 future of the league looks bright Um, there are uh there is interest at the major league level to be in that league Uh, so it creates a little bit of demand for quality uh which the league has stepped up to you know as you may or may not know mike when i became president I vowed to spend uh, to see at least one game in every league uh, every year for the first four years of my term. Uh, my first Happy League visit, uh, we kind of ran out of time and I lost track of things. I called Lee. I said, Lee, I got one day. He says, okay, we've got luck in the schedule. Fly into Tri-Cities. And Lee and I went to uh, Greenville, Elizabethan, John City, and Bristol. And we stayed, and we got to see Bristol because they got a rain delay and a double header. Wow. I saw four, four teams in one day. Hmm. Um, I have gone back every year since, with the exception of one. Uh, uh, my my father passed two three years ago, and I stayed home to be with dad in the last days of his life, and missed my Happy League tour. We we have branded it. We don't have T-shirts and hats, but we branded <laughs> it as Happy League tour. Um, I fly in and and spend three to five days with Lee touring the league um, as Lee professes. And, and I wasn't aware until he brought it to my attention. I was the first sitting president to visit the Appalachian league. Um, I love the league. I love its makeup. I love its culture. I love what it does for young players assimilating to this professional game where you play every day, where you live on your own, where you have to catch a bus, where you have to manage some money. Um, and I love it because they're in communities where I tell young players in the Appy League, I said, you know, don't be sad that you left your parents because you just inherited 350 additional parents yeah. because there's people in this town that are going to look out for you. They're going to help you 
and they're going to discipline you and they're going to scold you when you do bad. Um, but it's a great environment for young players to assimilate to the pref- professional game. Uh, those communities are, are solid communities. Uh, those groups that are managing those teams uh, do a good job with, with taking care of the players, with game presentation. And as I said, the physical plants, uh, the, the stadiums themselves, the facility for the players uh, are, are absolutely on the upswing. How important are ownership groups like Boyd Sports, who own the Johnson City Cardinals and Greenville Reds, and the Sheeler Automotive Group, who run the Pulaski operation for the Yankees affiliation? You mentioned attendance, really ensuring the success of leagues like the Appalachian. A lot of the parks that have seen the big boost, Pulaski and Johnson City at the top of the league in attendance this year, are managed by a couple of those groups. Well, I, I think what it does is it, it, it turns the, the, the operation over to people who that's what they do for a living. Right. You know, and, and I am so impressed with uh, some of these other groups. You know, these guys, these guys, these men and women have day jobs. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, there are very few. Now, there are there are full-time staff, uh, but the management of some of these clubs has fallen on, you know, uh, volunteer-type networks, uh, people who uh, just have a love for the game and understand the importance of having a team in their town. Um and, and when you have a Boyd Sports or a, a Sheila Mile, you know, with, with David Hagan, um, you get a little bit different twist. And, and I think what's happened is, is you know, it's allowed teams who otherwise would uh, struggle mightily uh, to, to not only survive but thrive. And, and you know, uh, nothing against the people who are running these clubs now. Uh, it would not surprise me if you saw more of that than less of that in the future. But I think that the Appalachians should be proud of that because, you know, companies who do that for a living uh, are not going to be attracted to uh, inadequate facilities and poor product. So, you know, I, I think they will be uh, a benefactor of their own success and that this league now will attract attention from professional management companies uh, and the fans and the players and, and the cities themselves will all benefit from it. Got two more for you, Mr. President. You've got a pretty big deadline coming up in 2020 with a professional baseball agreement being up between the NAPBL and Major League Baseball. Now, you've already negotiated multiple agreements between all parties, having been through this a number of times. Can you lay out for us all the moving parts and pieces that have to align, as well as some sticking points that you may see, or if you've already started negotiations, I'm sure you've had some conversations that have maybe already come up in meetings. Well, we we haven't formally opened. We've had a conversation, and, and Mike, this is a situation of, uh, it's not a situation of if we'll get an agreement. It's it's when are we going to get to it and what's it going to look like and how long is it going to last. Um, I have done three of those. Uh, I won't be at the table this time. Um, the commissioner and I have decided to to send you know people who work in this every day. Hmm. I think we'll do a better job. Um, and uh, uh, we we've had some uh, I call them social uh, meetings is probably an overstatement. You know, they've sat down, they've had lunch just to get to know each other and to talk about, you know, uh, the wide parameters or, or what some issues might be. Look, player safety, player travel, uh, uh, player health and wellness, uh, you know, the major leagues have gone into uh, dietary uh, programs. Uh, there's concern over the number of games a player plays over a certain amount of time. Those will be issues. And, and like all of these, you know, there will be a long list of issues, some of great import, some very sticky, some are almost perfunctory that you just, you know, you got to check in on this. Uh, our facility standards will be looked at because they've not been, you know, really tinkered with in, in almost 30 years now. Um, so I think those are ones. When you do these negotiations, Mike, to say there are no sticking points to me, that is a code word for we didn't dig very deep. Hmm. You know, we just, we just kind of glossed over this. Um, we, we are on the same side of the same business with Major League Baseball, which sets a tone for a, a uh, collegial atmosphere. But the issues are important to each of us, and there may be some friction. Um, but, the you know, one of the first things when I did – uh, negotiations was come to a clear and absolute understanding. We are here to get the yes. Okay. And nothing is done until it's all done. And, you know, I, I am more than willing to take, uh, but I'm going to have to, I know I'm going to have to give. 
And if you can do that and you can understand that it is not about the people at the table, it's not about the organizations, it's about a higher calling, as Commissioner Seelig reminded us almost every day of his commissionership, uh, we are stewards. Um, we have a we are, should be held to a higher standard in, in governing and 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 keeping this game safe for generations to come. If we can do all that, we'll be fine. Last one: as minor league baseball moves forward, what are some innovation type initiatives, whether they be technological, technological, excuse me, or at the ballpark with promotions that fans can look forward to and keep an eye on? Well, I, I, th- I think. I think the whole world is going to turn as, as technology turns, Mike. I think that as we can successfully integrate technology, you know, look, you know, even me, I, I turned 60 on Sunday. I, I'm more of a techie than 10 years ago I would have ever even dreamed or admitted to. Sure. Um, and that's our life today. So we have to successfully integrate uh, PDAs and technology uh, into the fan experience inside our ballparks and outside our ballparks we have to learn and be much more effective at communicating with our fans in the way that they communicate in every other aspect of their life um so you know we work hard on uh, on things like our social media which you know is a, a relatively new thing to baseball um we work hard on our uh, our streaming you know we're going uh, responsive with our websites and hd with our streaming um, it's what the fans and it's what the public expects. The bar has been raised, so we're chasing it a little bit, but I think you're going to see great improvements in our websites. You're going to see much more video. And, you know, um, I, I was told that the millennial uh, attention span is seven seconds. So, you know, we have to pack in our information in more uh, concise formats in ways that people are willing to accept it. And then we have to be able to continue to entertain them on the premise at the ballpark using technology. I mean, you go to a restaurant, uh, and I'm guilty of it. I almost am like, um, you know, uh, a chocoholic who needs chocolate if I try to sit and not have my phone out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not a techie. I once went to Thanksgiving dinner with my family, Mike, my, my two nephews. And their mid to late teens were sitting across from each other at the table texting. <laughs> and I said, who, who are you texting at Thanksgiving dinner? Well, I'm texting my cousin. And the cousin was right across the table. <laughs> I said, my goodness, put the phones down and talk to the young man. You know, But that's what we're up against. And so I think what you're going to see for minor league baseball is, is technology that adapts our game, our experience. Now, minor league baseball, Mike, is always going to be experiential it is best served hot hot and sizzling right at the ballpark but more people are keeping track of it when they're not at the ballpark we have to feed that need more people want to want to see uh, ancillary information you know stats different things when they're at the game for the game that they're watching we have to meet that need if they're going to stay at home and, and watch milb.tv they want a high high resolution, high definition picture, without without interruptions, with you know uh, uh, timely and uh, up to date statistics. We have to provide that need. If they want to buy tickets in advance through their their handhelds, we have to be able to do that as as quickly and efficiently and as seamlessly as they do things in the rest of the world. So I think that's where we're headed. You know, I see a day, Mike, when when uh, a man. He's sitting in his office. He calls his wife in the middle of the afternoon and says, hey, why don't we go to the ball game tonight? Take the kids out. Okay, that's great. All right, I'll order tickets. What do you want the kids to have for dinner, and when do you want them to eat? I'll order the concessions, and they'll bring it to us. You know, my hat's a little worn out. I think I'm going to buy a hat. I'll do that in advance. You walk into the ballpark. You scan your handheld, get you and your family into the game. Your seats come up on your handheld. And your suit shows up in the third inning just like you ordered it, and you get your hat. And you go home, and you get a receipt the next morning for your expenses. And, and, I mean, that's where we're at. You know, you don't have to reach in your pocket for anything but the car keys. And, and so I think those are things that are on the horizon. I think the ability for us to, use, to incorporate um, video in the ballparks, touchscreens, uh, technology, I, I think that is – 
where we stand to gain the most ground moving forward. I have no doubt that our, our operators, our owners, our executives, and our staffs will continue to entertain with creative promotions. Um, we'll continue to, to recycle those that you know their forefathers in this business use uh, and entertain a new generation with an old idea. That is going to happen. I think our, our stadiums and our physical plants are going to continue to improve, not only for our players, but for our fans, the kind of amenities, the kind of food you can get, you know, the, the things that make it a, a 21st century experience. I think you're going to see those in minor league baseball moving forward. That's an exceptional vision. Minor league baseball president Pat O'Connor. Thank you so much for being generous with your time today, sir. Enjoyed the conversation. It's always a pleasure, Mike. Tell everybody in Twinstown there I said hello. Of course, I'm the play-by-play voice for the Elizabeth and Twins. That's the shout-out there. Talked some technological innovation. Talked uh, locally about the Appalachian League a decent amount. And also talked about the agreement coming up between the NAPBL and Major League Baseball. So, a ton covered. What would you think? Mystery guest? It was awesome. It was a great mystery guest. Hey, you know what? Be Donnie Abraham, now Pat O'Connor. What we got tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. uh, Don't forget, tonight, though. Coaches show. And ETSU Volleyball, West Carolina, correct? That's right. Big one. Uh, they played in the playoffs last year. First of three straight set victories as the Bucks rolled through it. Hopefully the same happens tonight. Yeah, ETSU Radio Coaches Show, Randy Sanders. Tomorrow we'll talk to Clay Hendricks, head coach of the Furman Paladins. We'll also have Crazy Coach Thursday and Four Downs. Four Downs. Four one, Downs. Two, All that three. more. Big thanks to Landon Owen. Big thanks to Pat O'Connor. Big thanks to Mike Diago, Trey Adams, Jay Sanders. We'll see you on tomorrow's episode. Sanders and the Sidekick. Don't forget, SoundCloud, iTunes. And when it's working, Facebook Live. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network.